Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. And so I want you to take your Bibles and let's go to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter number two this morning, Jonah chapter two is where we are going to, uh, to be today, Jonah chapter two this morning, and uh, we are continuing a study in just um, a book that's really only 48 verses long, 48 verses in this series is going to be uh, 48 weeks. I'm kidding. Uh, 48 verses. We're doing it over the course of about five or six messages. And uh, this is message number three. And really that song we just sang that we can come to the Father again and again and again. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God of second chances? Man, we serve a God. Listen, we serve a God who will never give up on you. I'm so thankful for that because there have been days when I know that I... uh, Maybe he gave up on God. Oh, it's not that you walk away from the faith or some big drastic decision. It's just that you, like me, have you ever had a time when you chose what you thought was best, but you knew it wasn't? You chose what you wanted, but not what God wanted? Man, I'm so thankful that we serve a God of second chances. As we continue in our series and our study in the life of Jonah, one thing that we're going to, uh, we're going to look at today is we're going to see Jonah having what I call his light bulb moment. You know the light bulb moment when it just makes sense? You ever had that happen? When something just makes sense? Maybe, uh, maybe it was a line that you heard on a movie that never made sense to you, and then you realized you were hearing it wrong. Maybe it was uh, an understanding of something to do or a tool that you would use. I read something just recently that said there's over two dozen common household items that most people misuse. Don't even know how to use it properly. I looked some of them up and I was like, I don't even have that in my house. So it's somebody's commonly household item, not mine. Uh, But you know what? There's so many things in life when you just have a moment when things click, things make sense. A couple of times in our lives, Hannah and I were just talking about it recently, is uh, there's there's an old hymn. uh, It says, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. That's the way the song goes. But Hannah, all growing up, she thought it was Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every laundry, keeps me singing as I go. And, and she thought, fills my every laundry. Why is Jesus doing my laundry? Like this just, it doesn't make sense. And as she got older, then, oh, Fills my every longing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. We were on a, a trip. I was about, well, okay, I was about 30 years old, okay? I was about 30 years old, and we were traveling, and I had watched a, a movie, a war movie, just recently right before that, and so the, a little tune was in my head, and maybe you've heard the song. It's an old wartime song, and uh, the lyrics are, uh, Lay Me Down, in the cold, cold ground, where afore many men have gone. It's a really somber song, like it literally is, lay me down in the cold, cold ground, and you hear that. Okay, I was 30 years old, singing that song, lay me down in the cold, cold ground. Here's what I was singing. 
Lay me down in a cold, cold run. Where afore many men have gone. A cold cauldron. I don't know where that picture is. There it is right there. A cold cauldron. I don't know many people that get buried in a cold cauldron, and usually they're hot. There's like a witch over it going, <laughs> and yet in my head, the song was lay me down in the cold cauldron. So I, I'm singing that, and Hannah goes, what'd you just say? I was like, oh, it's from that movie, you know, the war song, lay me down in the cold cauldron. <laughs> I'm driving, and she's like, sing it again. I'm like, lay me down in a cold cauldron. And she's like, no, 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 do it one more time. I'm like, why? What's so funny? And she's like, Dennis, it's lay me down in the cold, cold ground where, a f- where before many men have gone. And I was like, I knew that. I just seen if you knew, here I am, 30 years old, <laughs> lay me down in the cold cauldron, you know, because that's where they bury people. I don't know. Listen, I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where it's just like, oh, oh, it clicked. Oh, that, oh, that's what that means. Oh, that makes sense now. As we come to Jonah chapter number two, what we're going to find this morning is Jonah's light bulb moment. It's his moment when everything just, oh, oh, that's what's going on. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's the decision I need to make. It's Jonah's light bulb moment in his story. We've been studying his story. We find Jonah running from God. We'll see more about it in just a few minutes, but Today, we're going to look in Jonah chapter number two. We're going to see his light bulb moment. And so I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's just 10 verses. We're going to start in verse 17 of chapter one and read 11 verses, and then we'll jump into the message today. So why don't you stand with me just for a minute? We're going to stand together, and we're going to begin in Jonah chapter number one and verse number 17 and just read all the way through to chapter two and verse number 10. The word of God says this. Now, now the Lord had prepared a great fish, And swallowed up Jonah. And Jonah, he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. Prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And and Jonah said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I. and, And thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep. In the midst of the seas and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then said I, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters, they compassed me about, compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth, it closed me round about. The weeds, they were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet, yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord, my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came. It came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. 
salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord, he spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. I love Jonah chapter number two. It's Jonah's light bulb moment. And this morning, what we're going to see is in your life, when you have a light bulb moment, I'm sure you learn some lessons. <laughs> My lesson that I learned that day in that car at 30 years old was Dennis is an idiot sometimes. <laughs> the lesson I learned that day was, you know, I should probably give the song some context. <laughs> you don't get buried in a cauldron. That's a silly illustration, but listen, when the light bulb moment happens in your life, you learn lessons. But today, what I'd like us to do is, in his light bulb moment, instead of waiting for us to learn a hard lesson in our light bulb moment, let's skip that and just learn from his. Let's just learn some lessons about the light bulb moments of life. Let's learn lessons like he learned right here and we learned from this passage. So today, as we look at his light bulb moment, we're gonna learn four simple lessons that I believe will help us. And so let's pray and let's ask God to bless our time in his word. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you, uh, just in the quietness of your own heart, would you ask God to speak to you? You can give God permission. God, please speak to me today. God, I give you permission to speak to me today. And then would you make a commitment? God, if you speak to me, I'm going to listen to you. God, if you speak to me, I'm going to listen to you. Dear Lord, thank you again for your word. Thank you for how you use it in each of our lives. And God, I just uh, wanna come before you and I pray that you'd use it once again. I pray that you'd speak to my heart. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to learn these lessons that we can be taught from Jonah's light bulb moment. And God, I pray that you would help us today to truly see you pursuing us, you wanting what's best for us. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. You go ahead and be seated. If you've been with us on Sunday mornings, then you know the story of Jonah. Even if you haven't been here, then you probably know the story of Jonah, one of the most well-known Bible stories that we can find. And of course, when you look at uh, the story of Jonah, there's some, there's some things that we know about Jonah that are maybe left out of the book of Jonah. Things like that Jonah was a prophet for the people of Israel. The kingdom, of course, divided into two separate kingdoms, the Israel kingdom on the north and Judah on the south. And, and Jonah was prophesying specifically to to the people of Israel, but also to Judah and, and really just all the Hebrew people in general. Now you look at Jonah, when he served as a prophet, there were two other main, main prophets at the time, Amos and Hosea. Amos and Hosea prophesied to the Hebrew people. Their prophecy was really a prophecy of judgment. God is going to judge you, people of Israel. Why? You've rebelled against God. Judgment is coming. Well, Jonah's message was the same, but there was a little bit at the end of Jonah's message that brought people hope. Here's Jonah's prophecy. You can find it in 2 Kings chapter 14, I believe. And here's Jonah's prophecy. Children of Israel, Hebrew people, God's judging you, but God is also merciful. So come back to him. God's judging you, so you need to repent because God is also merciful. And God... God will bring you back into the land. And God, and he, he gave them this prophecy that there is hope for you even though you've backed away from God. That's interesting to me that Jonah's message in 2 Kings 14 is a message of mercy because his story is a story of mercy. 
Well, why is it a story of mercy? Because Jonah, like all of us, is presented with a decision in Jonah chapter number one. What's the decision? Well, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, here's God giving him the decision. Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great Assyrian city, the great capital of Assyria, and cry against it, preach against it, because their wickedness has come up before me. So Jonah, go preach to them and tell them they're wicked and they need to turn from their wicked ways to God. Now Jonah has this decision. Do I choose to follow God or do I say no and follow what I want? Now you're presented with that decision every day. So is Dennis Fountain. Now, your decision may not be to go preach in Nineveh. I don't know. Has anybody been called lately? Uh, okay, we're going to have a sending, a send-off service if you have and let you go. And No, your, our decision isn't to go preach in Nineveh. No, your decision might be just God saying, hey, I want you to be honest this week. Hey, I want you to have integrity this week. God might say to you, hey, I want you to forgive and let go of that bitterness. God might say to you, hey, at work this week, why don't you be a good witness? God might say to you, hey, why don't you be faithful to me this week? Hey, why don't you give? Hey, why don't you, I don't know what it is, but in your life and my life every day, we're presented with the decision, do I follow God or do I pursue my own selfish desires? Well, Jonah, he pursued his selfish desires, didn't he? Jonah ran from God. The Bible says that he rose up, verse number three of chapter number one, and Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. He, he left Gath Hefer, just a, a city by Nazareth, and he travels to Jaffa or Joppa, the seaport city, and, and he goes and he finds a, a ship that's sailing 2,500 miles away to Tarshish, and he, he buys a ticket, and he gets on that boat, and he goes down to the deepest part of that boat, and he, he falls asleep. But God doesn't quit on him. God sends a storm, doesn't he? He sends a storm and that storm comes and those sailors, they are scared for their lives and they come to Jonah. Hey, wake up, man, pray to your God. Jonah gets up and I can't pray. Pray to your God, man. And they find out from Jonah, man, I can't pray. I'm not gonna talk to God because I'm running from God. And they ask him, why? Why are you doing this? And what do we do to make it right? And instead of turning to God at that moment, you know what Jonah says? Kill me. Throw me overboard. I would rather lose my life than follow God. Hey, you know what? Don't, ever, don't, don't miss that principle from Jonah chapter number one because the fact of the matter is this. When you and I choose our way, while we may not be committing suicide, while we may not be jumping off the side of a boat, we are losing our life. You are going to step back and regret that decision. And here's Jonah saying, I would rather give up my life. And when we give up our life for our own sake, we will never find the fulfillment that God has. But when we give up our life for him, Hey, God, I want to pursue you today. I want to pursue your thoughts. Man, that's when we find completion. That's when we find fulfillment. Don't ever let the devil tell you that God does not have a perfect fulfillment for you because God does. He has a perfect plan for you. He has a perfect purpose for you each and every day. But what it takes is each and every day me saying, okay, God, I'll follow you. Well, Jonah, he gets thrown overboard. 
But God doesn't give up on him there. (laughs) And I love verse number 17 of Jonah chapter one. Why? Do you know what it says? Now the Lord had prepared. (laughs) You know what God was doing? God prepared a fish. Why did God prepare a fish? He was doing all he could to get Jonah's attention. And then the Bible says in Jonah chapter two, verse number one, oh, oh, okay, God, I get it. Okay, God, I turn back to you. In this moment, Jonah's light bulb goes on. It it all makes sense. And so in his moment, what are some lessons that we can learn from Jonah's light bulb moment? I want you to notice first off with me today, this principle, number one, running from God is never worth it. Running from God is never worth it. I just read it a moment ago, and I hope you you maybe followed along with me and understood it, but as we read Jonah chapter number two, can you sense the despair and the frustration in Jonah's voice? Can you sense it in, in the words that were said? I mean, phrases like, I'm cast out, I'm cast down. Phrases like, in my affliction. Phrases like, uh, the, um, I'm drowning, the, the weeds are wrapped about me. Hey, you know, running from God is never worth it because the fact is that things did not turn out how Jonah had planned it. I don't know if you would read this like I would, but Jonah says things like this. I feel as though I'm cast out. I'm literally drowning because of my decisions. I have no energy. I have no strength. I am wrapped up in sorrow and heartache. I have forsaken the place of God's goodness in my life. I have observed my own lies. And now I'm empty. Do you think that Jonah, you know, in Gath Heifer, before he said no, the first time when God said, Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and and preached against it. Do you think that in that moment, Jonah was like, you know, if I say no, I might end up in the belly of a fish. Do you think he thought that? No. No, see, you and I, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? We read it historically. We can look back and we can know the true stories of, of Jonah chapter number two and Jonah chapters one and three and four. We can, we can know it. But Jonah didn't know that. This is not turning out how Jonah thought it was gonna turn out. Hey, I bet you when he bought that ticket to Tarshish, do you think he was like, ah, you know, I'm gonna buy this ticket. Big storm's gonna happen. Everybody's gonna be scared for their life and I'm gonna ask them to throw me overboard. No, this wasn't how he planned. This wasn't according to his plan. And the fact of the matter is that when you and I run from God, it doesn't matter what you do, you will find yourself like Jonah, unfulfilled. Oh, you may not find yourself in the belly of a fish. No, my friend, you may find yourself actually maybe doing well from a business standpoint. You may find your well doing well financially. You may find your well, do, you may find yourself doing good in certain areas. But the fact of the matter is this area, the area that matters is going to be empty. Why is it that tons of people get literally on top of the world, so to speak, and they say, is this all there is to life? 
hey, the fact is that you have a God-sized hole in your life that's meant to be filled at salvation, but then meant to be fulfilled as you walk with Jesus, as you live a life with Christ. Hey, running from God, it is never worth it. I wonder if Jonah perhaps would ask himself, maybe he would stand and, and wish that he could go back and say a few things to his younger self, a week ago self. You ever had a moment like that? Man, I just wish I could go back and talk to me and say, don't do it. Don't be stupid. <laughs> kids, I'm sorry if there's any kids in here. Uh, man, don't be silly. Don't, what are you doing? Hey, there's, you ever had a moment like that where you want to go back and just wish you could tell yourself, don't do it? Here's Jonah in that moment. I wonder what, he, what, what would he have asked himself? Maybe he'd go back and he'd say, Jonah, hey, um, let me ask you a question. What are you going to get in Tarshish? How long are you going for? How are you going to get back? You see, all of these things Jonah made in an irrational, he made irrational decisions. And the truth is that with sin, though it's pleasurable for season, there is always buyer's remorse with sin. Think about it this way, and I love the quote. The truth about sin is you will get what you want, but you will not want what you get. Hey, when you say no to God and you say, I want, God says, okay, I'll let you have that, but that is not going to fill this. You may get what you want, but you will not want what you get. Notice verse number eight. I love this verse and don't miss it. He says, they that observe lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy. That, that phrase vanity is emptiness. They that observe Lying emptiness. They forsake their own mercy. What is, what is Jonah saying? He's saying, listen, the empty plans that you make in life, the empty lies that you tell yourself, you are just turning away from the mercy of God in that moment. You are saying, God, I know best. And you know what you're doing? You're just lying to yourself. And as long as you lie to yourself, you are walking away from God. You are walking away from the place of mercy, away from the place of grace. You are going to find yourself like Jonah, maybe in the areas of judgment. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But understand this, that running from God, it's never worth it. <clears throat> now, I don't want us just to think about this in the grand scale of things. I want you to think about it in just the small things. Hey, you know, running from God and speaking that harsh word to your spouse or to your kids or grandkids when God says, don't say it. And you say, no, I'm gonna say it anyway. And you say it. In that moment, you go, gosh. Maybe you're filled with pride and you go, hmm, let them have it. Don't mess with me. My, I'll, I'll take you down. My mouth, I can take anybody down. Ultimately, you pillow your head. Hey, I, I know this because Dennis Fountain, I don't know if you know this, but I'm sarcastic. <laughs> Maybe you haven't caught on to that yet. I can be sarcastic, and I can tell you plenty of times when I had a zinger. You know what a zinger is, right? I mean, you just let someone have it, and you're like, <laughs> that was so good. And you pillow your head at night, and you go, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Hey, running from God, even in the small things, it's not worth it. You know what you're doing? You're forsaking 
that place of mercy. And the fact is that as long as you and I believe our own lies, we will miss out on God's truth and all that is available to us. Lesson number one from Jonah's light bulb moment, running from God is not worth it. Lesson number two, the time to seek God, it's always now. The time to seek God, it is always now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week when things get in line. It's not when I have all the questions answered. The time to seek God, it's now. Notice in our passage, while Jonah is running from God, do you see all of the times that God pursues Jonah? I, I would encourage you to do this. It's 48 verses. It would probably take you probably eight to 10 minutes, maybe less, to just, to just read the whole book of Jonah. I would encourage you to do that. And I want you to mark down how many times it uses the phrase, but the Lord, or but God, or something about prepared, he prepared. Here's where you find a number of things. Let's go through it real quick. Jonah chapter number one, the Lord speaks to Jonah. He says no and goes away, but the Lord prepared a great wind. Jonah says no, but God put sailors in his path to say, hey, who is your God? Turn to your God. Jonah says no, but, and, and throw me overboard, but the Lord prepared a whale, a fish. Jonah finally gets it, goes, he preaches in Nineveh. Later, we'll see it in chapter number four. Jonah's kind of frustrated about some things, but God prepared a gourd. And then later, God prepared an east wind. And then later, God prepared a worm. You know what God was doing? God was using anything within his power, which is everything, to get the attention of Moses, or Moses, Jonah. Moses isn't in this story, don't worry about that. Uh, he, was, he was using anything in his ability to get Jonah's attention. Hey, you know what? You may speak you know, Spanish or French or something like that. God speaks wind. He speaks gourd. He speaks worm. You know what God does? God speaks into anything in our life to get our attention. And here is what I want us to see. When do you think Jonah could have sought God at any time? But when did he? Notice Jonah chapter two and verse number one. The word says then. Well, that then follows something. What does it follow? Jonah chapter one, verse 17. He gets swallowed by a fish and catch it. He's in the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah cried out to the Lord. I find that funny. Here's why I find that funny. If you're in a fish, why do you have to be in that fish three days before you pray? And it is, it's a long time. I'm in this fish. What are you, what are you doing on day one? Oh man, I wonder if I could get out of this. I wonder if I punch him here. I wonder if that, I wonder if the trigger's here. I wonder if I pull there. Maybe it would. No, Jonah waits. That's interesting to me because of that question, when could Jonah have sought God? Now, when could he have sought God? Well, I think we could see that Jonah, he could have sought God like when God first came to him. 
He could have sought God when he first said no. He could have sought God when he left Gath Heifer and went to uh, Jaffa. He could have sought God when he was buying tickets to Tarshish. He could have sought God when he was boarding the boat. He could have sought God when he was walking down to the bottom of that boat. He could have sought God when the, when the sailors said, seek God, hey, pray. He could have sought God then, but he didn't. He could have sought God before saying, throw me overboard. He could have sought God when he was going down in the water. He could have sought God when he first saw the whale coming. You say, Pastor, why are you pointing all this out? Because of what verse number two says, when it says, and I said, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. What is that? The phrase, I cried by reason of my affliction, he gave us right there, he gave us the reason he cried out to the Lord at first. Now we'll see his heart shift and change by the end and by verse number eight specifically, but he just told us, you wanna know why I cried out to God? Because I was at my lowest point. Hey, my question is, why do we wait for our lowest point to turn to God? Why do we wait for the three days and three nights? And yet God was pursuing him. And Jonah, he understood that. And if you go and you read Jonah chapter two, here's what God does. It's, it's a super interesting study. And if we had time, we would, we would take a whole two weeks or three weeks just on Jonah chapter number two. But Jonah does something amazing. He uses, God, God helps him use scripture to bring Jonah's heart back to God. And here's how we know that. Because from Jonah chapter two, verse two, all the way down to Jonah chapter number two, verse six and verse seven. Do you know what Jonah quotes? He quotes scripture. In those verses, there are references to these passages. Psalm 18, six, Psalm 120, verse one, Psalm 31, verse 22, Psalm 130, verse one, Psalm 69, verses one and two, Psalm 42, verses six and seven. All of those verses and the stories of the psalmist are wrapped up in these words. Do you know what, do you know what that helps me see? That helps me see that Jonah was understanding something. I waited to cry out. In my affliction, I cried out. But then... You see at the end of verse number two, he says, instead of writing in that third person, God, you heard Jonah in that moment. Jonah's writing this. Jonah says, I cried out by reason of mine affliction and thou heardest me. He, he turns it a little bit and now, now Jonah begins to understand, oh, God, you, you sent the wind and the sailors and the waters and the fish God, you are using all of your creation to teach me what I should have learned when you simply spoke to me. And that's that running from you is not worth it. And the time to turn back, it's now. It's not wait, it's today. I have a question for you. For Jonah, in Jonah's life, it took the crazy situation of being swallowed by a fish. What does it take, what situation does it take in your life for you to seek God? Hey, how low do you have to get before you turn to the Lord? It's amazing how often we think we, we know the answers. Or we think, we think this. We think in order to turn back to God, we have to have all of the answers. Do you know what I love about God? God doesn't say, have all the answers and then turn to me. God says, turn to me and then I'll give you the answers. Amen. Hey, come to me and then I'll, I'll show you. Come to me and I'll fulfill you. Hey, come on, reach out to me and I will give you purpose. 
Hey, come on, turn into me and I will help you. Hey, lean into me and I'll give you grace. I'll give you strength. I'll give you mercy. Quit lying to yourself and believing the lying vanities that remove you from that spot of mercy. No, no, no. The time to seek God, it's now. May we, like the psalmist of Psalm chapter 63 and verse number one, have this in our mind. God, thou art my God and early will I seek thee. Not just early in the morning. No, early in every decision. God, early I will seek you. At the, at the beginning of everything, God, that promotion, this time with my kids, the decision of schooling, God, the decision of, of work, God, my decision on how to, how to uh, uh, treat my spouse or my kids or my grandparents or uh, coworkers or maybe classmates or teachers. God, God, I'm gonna seek you early in everything. Hey, lesson number two, the time to seek God. It's not tomorrow, it's now. Lesson number one, running from God, it's not worth it. It's not ever worth it. Number two, the time to seek God is now. Number three is this, coming back to God, it's simple. (laughs) Hey, coming back to God is simple. If you look at our passage, do you, do you see it all in here that Jonah has like some eloquent speech that he gives? Like, I, mean, I mean, he uses scripture and all of this, and I think God used this to remind him of his need, and we'll, we'll see that in just a minute, but he doesn't give God an eloquent speech. He doesn't give God a bunch of fluff, a bunch of empty commitments. He doesn't give God what we would call a foxhole prayer. You know, that prayer of just, all right, God, help me now, and then you get out of that situation. You go, what, what are you talking about? I knew I had it the whole time. That's not Jonah's mindset. No, no, Jonah, verse number four, he says, I will look again toward thy holy temple. I will look again toward thy holy temple. What does that mean? Well, we need to know and be reminded in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, and even still now, the the people of Israel, when they look to the temple, do you know what they're looking toward? They're looking for the presence of God. The temple, the temple mount, that, that attitude of being in the tabernacle in the Old Testament and the Pentateuch, that idea of being in the temple, Solomon's temple that he built. The idea is not, oh, I want to be in a structure. The idea is, God, I just need your presence. And that's what he comes to in verse number four. I will look again toward thy holy temple. Hey, you know what Jonah just does? He just turns to God. It's not a big to-do. It wasn't a big party. It wasn't a big uh, shindig. He just says, God, I need you again. God, I want you in my presence. I want to be in in your presence. Verse number seven, he says, when I fainted, I remembered the Lord. The phrase, I remember the Lord, it just means I acknowledged my need of God again. You know what Jonah did? Jonah recognized that if I'm going to turn back to God, I just need to turn back to God. (laughs) Well, what does that take? Well, here's some things that you and I should know about getting back to God. While it's simple, here's what it takes. Number one, you must get to the end of yourself. Hey, do you know if you're gonna turn back to God, you gotta do what Jonah did, what did he do? He humbled himself. He humbled himself. I'll say it this way, very simply. God blesses humility. It's all throughout scripture. He rejects pride. He blesses humility. He pushes away pride. He draws in humility. Hey, if there's an area of your life where you've been running from God, the time to get right, it's right now. Well, how do I do it? Humble yourself. Come to the end of yourself. 
How else do I do it? Well, you need to see that God is your only option. Here's what Jonah does. I want your presence. I'm turning to you. And there's so much direction to God in Jonah chapter number two, where Jonah is saying, God, I recognize something. I was wrong. You are my option. I'm only going to find fulfillment in you. I'm only going to find fulfillment in your presence. See, God is your only option. And then also you got to determine to follow God today. Hey, you want to come back to him? Want to make a right decision? Turn back to God. Choose to humble your heart. See God as your only option. And then determine I'm going to follow him today. We're going to see it next week. But Jonah, he gets vomited out. Now, some of you don't like vomit. You can't even handle your own kid's vomit. You know, I don't know. Could you imagine being Jonah? You want me to describe it? I'll describe it next week. Maybe, we'll see. No, listen, he gets vomited out. And then Jonah chapter three and verse number one, the word of the Lord comes to him a second time. And this time Jonah had had his light bulb moment. You know what he says? Okay, God, okay, I'm gonna follow you. We'll see later that Jonah, he gets bitter from this and God has to get his attention again, just like you and I. Sometimes some of the best learned lessons have to be on repeat. It's like your kids, do I need to repeat myself? Yes, you do. Why? Because God has to repeat himself with you and I, and we'll see that in chapter number four. But here's what Jonah determined right now in that belly of that fish. I'm gonna be humble before God. I see God as my only option, and I'm going to determine to follow God today. Lessons from the light bulb moment of Jonah's life. Running from God is never worth it. The time to seek God is always now. Coming back to God is simple. And the last one is this. If you're breathing, there is hope. Hey, if you're breathing, there is hope. We're gonna do a little exercise all together. <clears throat> it's a hard exercise. So you might have to stretch before you do this. Here's the exercise. You ready? Ready? Breathe in, breathe out. Hey, there's hope for you. Yeah, hey, if you're breathing, there's hope. Hey, you know what? Let's just be honest this morning. We live in a hopeless world, don't we? Hey, we live in a place where people wonder about hope. Where's the hope? Where's the hope? Where's the hope? Hey, Jesus has hope. And if you're breathing, there's hope. Here's Jonah in the belly of a fish. And you know what we can learn from his light bulb moment? What he learned. God's not done with me yet. If I'm breathing, there's hope. Now, pastor, why do we look at these four lessons? Why do we come and we see these four lessons? Why? Why? Because I want, I want us to understand we should learn from his light bulb moment so we don't have to have our own like this. Well, what did he learn? Hey, learn the lesson that saying no to God, it is never worth it. You will never, listen, you may, you, may, uh, um, you may get what you wanted, but you do not want what you end up getting. Running from God is never worth it. Hey, learn the lesson today that the time to seek God, it's right now. Don't, don't walk by that. Listen, my friend, don't walk by that. You'd say, well, pastor, I'm not, I'm not running from God in any area. Learn lesson number two, the time to seek God, it's now. 
Can I, can I say it this morning this way? For those of you, I, I really wanna talk to you in, in phases of life. For the teenagers in here, listen, the time to seek God is now. It's not when you graduate high school. It's not when you become a senior. It's not when, you, uh, when mom and dad help you do this. No, as a teenager, as a kid, you can seek God and God can use you. And parents, help teach your teenagers and your kids, your four and five and six-year-olds, hey, listen, man, God loves you and God wants things for you and God has a purpose for you. Help them see, seek God now. Why? Because because teenagers say, after I graduate, I'll seek God. But then you have that college age group, and maybe you're in that group, the college age group, where you're 18 to 25, 18 to 26, and you're thinking, well, I'll seek God when I get married, when I have my family, when I, we have all these times when we'll seek God. Hey, it's now. Seek him now. You're that young couple with kids. You have, you have new, newborns in the home, and you think, well, there's just no time to seek God. Seek God now. Don't wait for them to be 10 or 15 or 20. No, seek God now. If you have teenagers in your home, well, we'll seek God. Listen, we'll make God a priority when our kids are done with ball, when we know no more practices and no more of this and no more of that. Hey, hey, my friend, ball will only last for so long. Seek God now. Well, I'll seek God when the kids are totally out of the house. Seek God now. Well, I'm in those retirement. I'll seek God when I retire. No, no, no. Seek God now. Well, I'm retired. I'll seek, you know, I'll seek God uh, next year. I'll seek God down the road. I'll seek God after this vacation. No, 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 no. Seek God now. Let that be the lesson we learn. You, you may be here and say, well, I don't feel like I'm running from God. Okay, great. Are you seeking God? Running from God is never worth it. Seek God now. If you are running from God, turning back to God is simple. Humble your heart. And just realize, if you're breathing, there's hope. If you're breathing, there's hope. My question I want to ask you today is this. If you are running from God, in what areas of your life do you need to stop running? Hey, what areas? Maybe it's not Nineveh. What areas of your life have you been saying no to God? And if you're here and you'd say, well, pastor, I honestly can say I haven't been saying no to God. Okay. Are you seeking him today? Have you been pursuing his presence today? You're just filling the checklist. I, I spent time in church. Check. Are you saying, no, God, I truly need you in my life. God, help me not to be like Jonah and wait for the light bulb moment of, oh, you want to spend time with me? God, help me to know today that I can seek you.